Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip talks about how to bet against government spending. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. That's WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. If you're looking for a newsletter that helps you feel good about money, that also goes deep on complex financial topics, and it does it on a Monday through Friday basis with a big archive of good information about money, uh, check it out. You can it's two hundred bucks a year or twenty five bucks a month. If you're not sure, two hundred bucks two hundred bucks a year is nothing. But if you're just not sure, just pay twenty five hundred bucks. Just pay twenty five dollars. Uh, read through all the archives, and you're going to be hooked. So check it out. WealthBuildingMadeSimple dot us. Now today we are talking about <clears throat> um, how to bet against government spending, and this is important because. Uh, if any of you ever saw the movie The Big Short, right? I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a spoiler alert because I'm gonna like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give the overview. It basically was about the 2008 uh, financial crisis and how people who understood finance really, really well uh, understood debt was watching the over indebtedness build up in the system, specifically in the financial institutions, and you, there were these products created where, I'm, I want to explain it simply, you were able to buy insurance that paid out if a company went bankrupt. Um, and so uh, there was, these were called like uh, credit default swaps. Um, and so it was, yeah, it, it was created for that because when they ran up all this debt, uh, um, in order to issue the debt, you had to, I don't want to go complex, but just just understand that was the CDS. And so um, people look at the people that were that made all this money on uh, on 2008 when the market crashed, and they say, "Oh, these guys were geniuses." No, it, 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 it was it's debt is debt, whether it's on a individual, whether it's on a company, or whether it's on a country. And once you understand how to read financial statements and to look at math and to read through all the, you know, I call like uh, all these accounting tricks that that fuzzy the math right once you learn how to w- work through that you can see something's over indebted something under indebted so just like an individual if you look at an individual's income if their if their expenses are more than their income and the expenses are growing at a higher rate than their income is growing then you can just do the math and say at some point in time they're not going to be extended credit anymore and their financial system blows up, right? That's just simple math that that we can do on a personal basis. So they did that for businesses and um, uh, and in a little while, I'll say a little while because you don't know when it's going to happen, but there's always a time where the, 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 the rooster, cro- you know, um, what, it doesn't croak. What does a rooster do? 
goes caca, caca. I don't know what a rooster does. Caca doodle do. That's what a rooster does. What crows? Something crows. The rooster crows. So yeah, I had, so yeah, so the rooster crows, um, and uh, and all those debts are called to to be answered for. And so that's what happened. Well, fast forward to when that happened. Uh, and let me let me backtrack because debt had been accumulating in the system for a while, really since the seventies when we when we came off the gold standard, which was kind of the first uh, U.S. default where we defaulted where we defaulted on our promise to. Uh, uh, exchange dollars for gold for anybody internationally who stored their gold here from a country standpoint. So that debt transferred to companies, and then 08 blew that up, and then the debt didn't disappear. The debt began to go to governments. Well, the create uh, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna get into um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there and talk about how the the the, the debt was going to the governments and smart people knew it. And they created a new way to bet against government debt. So they were saying, all right, we saw this play out um, uh, in the 70s with countries that were non-U.S. And then we saw the debt roll into companies in the U.S. and blow up. And now we know it's going on the develop, it's going on the balance sheet of developed countries like Japan, Europe, U.S. And it's going to continue to spread to other co- countries. And so we need a, 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 uh, a way to short uh, government debt that will protect our money uh, when that happens, right? And so, let me let me explain like what um. Let me go through a few uh, things that can lead to excessive debt in a in a, in a currency or in a country, so I can help you understand. So, um, um, so we're gonna go to oh eight. And after that happened, we're going to look at, all right, what did, what did governments do to increase the money supply, to uh, to absorb the debt? Well, um, that's what that's, I, I actually said what they did. They increased the money supply. So I'm trying not to go too nerd, but they, what was it called? They, they called it at first like TARP. I think like they spent like eight hundred billion when Bush was in. They spent more when Obama came in, and then they kept doing quantitative easing for a long time. But they basically like created more money so the government could absorb the debts of the corporate of the financial institutions. So they increased the money supply, which which added to the debt. Um, and uh, for a period of time, uh, it appeared as if. There was no problem because interest rates stay relatively low for a long period of time, um, and so normally, if 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 people are worried about the credit worthiness of a institution, they have to, or an individual, you got to pay higher interest rates, right? So think of somebody who has a low credit score; they pay higher interest rates than somebody with a with a, with a, uh, a lower credit score. But after '08, when the government did all these things to uh, cover up the debts, to take on debts of the of the companies interest rates went down but the only reason why interest rates went down without going too nerd is just in the short term since the government uh is the issue since the government is the issuer of currency or they have some control over the issue of currency through the federal reserve they were able to do some financial you know trickery uh to keep it to keep the the rates relatively low i'll just explain it that way and so for a period of time think of it like a uh, think of it like a 
uh, like a balloon you push underground. Like you can push the balloon, not underground, under the water. You can push it under the water for a period of time, but at some point, right, it's gonna it's gonna pop back up. And so you're able to suppress and manipulate energy for a period of time, but for every action, there's opposite and equal reaction. So like when you push it against the natural flow, it pops back up to the side. That's why that's why in 08, you had the you had the financial institutions that were insolvent for like three, four, five years. I mean, they were it, it wasn't like it wasn't like the banks all of a sudden got bad financially. No, it people who bought the insurance saw it years before. But there's like um there's a period of time. Think of it like um think of it like um of the market as like a mindset. And uh, what happens with the market is if it's if it's a collective consciousness and it contains every generation that is thinking in that consciousness, uh, different people come to realizations at different point in times. But the tipping point is when the majority come to realize something, right? Then the, the, then you see the movement in the market. And so what happened was uh, the people paying attention that were focused saw it a few years before and they bought the insurance and then as people began to become aware of it like like 0708 was when the majority of participants realized oh man <laughs> like we're in trouble and then the problem accelerated that's why you have like when things blow up they blow up quick right and there's a lot of money made in a short period of time because it becomes like a stampede another way to think of it might be uh if if we're in a building and there's a hundred people in the building and five people notice there's a fire. Those five people can exit quick because there's not a stamp, you know, there's not a lot of people who know, so they go through the door. Then once once 40, 50 people know there's a fire, it be, and there's like a small exit, it becomes hard to move through because like everybody's trying to move through at one time, right? But but it's a violent move for everybody to get out over that period of time. And that that's a better analogy of you know, um, when you're watching, you want to watch for the fire, um, and uh, and so that's what happened. So I'm going back to go. So they they they. So going back to right now, part of explaining this is um, the fire never went out, right? The fire transfers to the government balance sheet, and so uh, Bitcoin was really created for the next fire to come, right? Um, and if you look at when Bitcoin credit is created around 0809, but Bitcoin is kind of like the equivalent of the credit default swaps that um, it was built to be insurance against global government debt default, whether it was them, because uh, governments can default a couple of different ways. They can just not pay their debt. Um, and that wouldn't make sense for a com country like America because that would create all kinds of chaos, right? It would crash prices to 40, 50 year, you know, lows. It would create just massive unemployment. It just wouldn't be pretty. And so, but that's one option, but they probably won't do that. Then there's the way they did it in the 70s where there's just inflation, where you inflate the debt away by creating more money to uh, pay the other debt off with, with, with more money. And that is the quote unquote more civilized way and probably the preferable way because you don't have, you know, uh, a lot of blood in the streets. Right. But but the the, the, the trade off is it makes the cost of living uh, more expensive for your middle and lower 
lower class if they don't own uh, insurance, if they don't own assets that grow at a higher rate than the inflation rate, or their income is not growing at a higher rate than inflation rate. I'm going to point out one more number before I go into Bitcoin. The the ma- If you look at the government debt over the last decade, it's been growing at like, I think I wrote it down. It's been growing at around 6.3% a year. Um, and the last five years, it accelerated to about 8.77% a year. Um, the, the, the growth of the U.S. economy has only been about 2% a year. And so that gives you an idea of the spread went from like, you know, a, a, a 4% negative spread of growth to debt growth uh, and then jumped to 6%. And it's getting worse and worse because uh, need, like debt is like debt compounds op- in, in the opposite way that your investments compound. So we make money on investment through compound interest. Well, debt is the reverse of it. So it gets worse and worse. And um, uh, and so the, that's where I was going in the beginning where you look at a personal debt where they, their expenses are above their income and it's exponentially getting worse, you know that it it blows up. And so going back to um, something like Bitcoin um, being uh, a solution, Bit, I want to explain I want to explain Bitcoin simply, and I'm gonna end it on this note. But if uh, I wrote in my newsletter about uh, scarcity um, and how money gravitates to, to 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 scarcity, but if you think about simply what Bitcoin is to make it make sense, if if you look at the banking system, right, here's how it evolved. It, it used to be somebody had a bunch of money, gold, land, and if you needed to borrow, you would go to the wealthy person. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about like a thousand years ago, right? You went to a wealthy person. And then they would say, all right, I'm going to let you borrow a thousand, I'm just going to say dollars, right? thousand dollars. And they wrote it on their ledger. Well, uh, you had to trust the person you borrowed from to not change the ledger. Because they changed the ledger, you had no resource because you didn't have a copy of it. Well, banks came and they were like, all right, we'll keep the ledgers, right? This person owes this person. This this is this person has this much money in this account. And then they would, they would have, that's what double book uh, entry accounting was. So that created banks where... Banks were like the intermediary that would keep the ledgers for the two sides. Um, and but right, absolute power crypts, absolutely. As uh, banks got bigger and bigger, and they got uh, and they got in bed with governments and wealthy people. Well, the governments would ask them to change the books, right? Or wealthy people asked them to change the books for the people that had less power. And so, and so you end up in a situation that we're in right now. If you want, if you want to know a crazy odd. Look up, go Google uh, government fines by banks for uh, money manipulation. And it's something like the hundreds of billions of dollars of them just like like messing with the books, right? Uh, uh, and it's out there. This is not a secret. Like it's out there. We just don't pay attention. So I'm just saying. So whenever you get a small group of people who can control the books, you best to believe they're going to do some manipulation. And so... So Bitcoin was invented to say, all right, cool, we see this as a problem, and it's understandable because humans are, you know, if they can manipulate, they will do things. Um, and sometimes it's, it's quote-unquote for good intentions, but my point is, and their mind is for good intentions, um, but my point is Bitcoin said, okay, now we have technology where we don't need the governments to keep the books. 
we can have a ledger on the internet that can't be changeable by anybody that everybody can look in and see. And we're going to limit the money supply. So just like gold has held its value for thousands of years, it's only going to be 21 million. So you know that if you store your value on that on that protocol, um, it can't be inflated away. So you got protection of value and you got uh, transparency. Where I'm going with that is people who are looking for an escape from the system, they used to go to gold. So whenever this would happen, they would go to gold, right? And gold is still an option, right? Real estate is a secondary option, but it's not transferable. So with, with gold, you can take it with you. It's more expensive. Real estate, you can't. Bitcoin, you can transport a billion dollars across countries and with basically at no cost um, easily. And so money is gravitating to that because as this, as the current paper money system is going to wash away its sins or wash away its debt through inflation and defaults, those who want what I might call the 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 financial arc or the the getting your money to the next uh, economy without getting eaten up in the flood of inflation. Um, that's what Bitcoin uh, is doing. And it's, and from my perspective, it's a big reason why you see now Larry Fink at BlackRock on board. Like all the big institutions are now on board because they saw they were in the middle of 08. They knew where the system was going. They knew what the next uh, crisis was going to be. Just nobody knew what the, what the arc was going to be, right? And the arc had been built <laughs> already by the young people, and it just became a a learning curve for people that resisted new ideas, and they were like, oh, okay, this is this new technology is the new idea to protect our value when the flood comes, you know, and, and that flood analogy that you hear in every different ancient spiritual context um, includes, like, financial flood, like, every, like every generation has this where uh, you have the old ideas, um, uh, that need to be like washed away so that new ideas can come into being and you have some sort of vehicle, whether it be a belief system, whether it be different assets, whether it be different economies and industries that, that bring in the new era, right? And Bitcoin, uh, from what I believe, what I'm seeing from my research and where I put my money, is the, uh, the arc that's attracting more and more money uh, to uh protect from all these governments having to uh, wash away these debts, right? And I gave you America's numbers. America's numbers is actually the prettiest, right? I mean, you think about all the debt in the world, um, and you think about them default, and it, it the, 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 the flood of, of default and debts coming is extremely massive, uh, and it becomes extremely important to have your assets in a bucket that is inflation resistant, um, uh, and and so that's what Bitcoin helps doing. If you if you want a very detailed uh, breakdown of this, I wrote two a part one, part two, the holy grail of investing on my newsletter, uh, wealthbuildingmadesimple.us. is for paid uh, subscribers, but check it out. It's it's worth two hundred bucks to to read it, like or twenty five bucks or whatever to read it. So wealthbuildingmadesimple.us. Until next week, y'all enjoy yourself. Hey, hey.
Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.